being downtown was important. Uh, we talked about it as a group when we were started to think about where would we go as a new space. And there was quite a bit of value placed on being in that kind of environment where there's a that vibrancy that exists. And you want to be thinking about what does it do that create somebody's mood? How much more productive is somebody when they're focused and excited than if they're uh, weighed down? How much better is their ability to concentrate? It's not just my ability to concentrate that gets affected by my, me moving. It's trying to get everybody in the company moving. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast, conversations about creating a culture of activity. I'm John Zimmerman, founder of the Active Towns Initiative and your host for this journey towards healthier communities for everyone. It's so wonderful to have you along for the ride. In this episode, I'm honored to share with y'all a conversation I had with Jennifer Baird, founder and CEO of Fifth Eye out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, about her strategies for implementing movement into her personal life and within her startup companies that she's been involved with. She was kind enough to talk with me last month on Mother's Day. There are many helpful pearls of wisdom in this conversation, so hopefully you'll collect a few that will have a positive impact in your life and within your organizations. So without further delay, let's get right to it. Jennifer Baird. Jen, how are you? Welcome to the Active Towns podcast. Fantastic. This is exciting. So, Jen, I asked you to uh, come on to the Active Towns podcast today to talk a little bit about uh, physical activity and movement and how it impacts you personally as well as professionally. And the context of why I asked you this is because you just announced that you were starting a blog. So let's talk first about the blog and and then we'll we'll sort of link those two stories, you know, together. So tell us about this blog that you've just launched. Well, it's such a crazy time as we're sitting staying at home for COVID-19 and it's harder to connect with people. Um, but I get so much uh, interest in my experiences as a couple of decades um, as a startup CEO for high potential startups that I thought I could do a blog and reach out that way to connect with people. And I was inspired by a surgeon friend of mine who had started a blog and said, hey, I think this is something that could be possible. So I started a week ago thinking about it. I brainstormed a list of topics related to startup CEO things. And I had over 100 items uh, in a matter of 24 hours. And I thought, well, I might have enough to say. And I got my daughter to help me set it up on WordPress and launched it uh, over the weekend. And it's an exciting um, new thing. And I'm getting followers and people that are interested in learning about how to do a high potential startup. And that's, uh, that's what I'm doing right now is building uh, my fifth startup. And uh, this is just a way of sharing those lessons learned. And one of them is actually very related on my list before you even contacted me was how do I do stay active and do fit exercise into all of this and how important it is. 
We've been friends for many, many decades. And we've talked a lot about physical activity and human performance and how important it is to, to stay healthy and that connection between uh, optimal health and performance and, and being physically active. So let's talk a little bit about sort of your strategy as to how you, you approach movement and physical activity and and even include some of your, your hobbies and passions because they're also physically demanding too. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it became very clear to me. So I started uh, leading startups in back in 2001, so almost two decades ago. And it's a stressful process. And I learned along the way that if I let activity get squeezed out, I didn't manage stress very well. So it's really important from a stress management, health and fitness, and as I'm now in my 50s, weight management perspective, all of those things are critical. And so I make it a huge priority to figure out ways to fit physical fitness in. And it takes a lot of different forms. I was thinking about it is how do you fit, how do you fit it in when you're working many hours uh, a week and you're trying to be part of your family and all those kinds of things. And there were there's three different things that I do routinely. The first is that I actually do physical fitness as a hobby. And as you mentioned, I have a, I have a horse and I consider him my 1,500 pounds of living, breathing exercise equipment because I love to ride him. It's very good exercise. It gets my heart rate up and the, it, it takes about two hours. So it takes a half hour to get him ready, about an hour to ride, and then a half hour to get him unready. And so I end up with about two hours of exercise uh, every time that I ride him. And I try and do that at least five times a week. So that's the big exercise. Then I try to fit in maybe 20 minutes on the elliptical in the morning to kind of get my blood going in the morning. But the probably the most critical thing is how do you fit it in like to around the rest of your day? And so one of the techniques that we use a lot, my colleagues and I at work like to do what we call walk and talks. And so instead of having a meeting in an office, we'll go for a walk. And that's working pretty well in COVID time when we're all virtual, because sometimes my walk and talks are with my headset and I go for a walk. And if I don't have to be in one place and typing, sometimes that's a, a really good solution to fitting in time during the day. So if I'm talking to somebody on a conference call, I'll do laps around my office. If I'm, um, if I'm in the office with somebody and meeting with them, we'll go for a walk together. Or uh, sometimes I work with some of my neighbors actually, and we've been in this COVID time have sometimes met and taken a walk to have a meeting instead of just being still. So that's a big thing that we do pretty regularly, uh, try and fit it, you know, fit that into getting activity into my, into my day. Currently you're in a much more rural environment and that was very intentional because you wanted to be in a situation where you could own a horse, have the horse housed nearby. So tell, talk a little bit more about the intentionality of how you've structured your life that way. Yeah, uh, we love being, we are about 15 minutes from town by car. 
And we like being, but we're out in the countryside. Literally, uh, today we had ducks fighting on a pond next, you know, out our window. We had, we have merganser ducks and Carolina ducks and mallard ducks all nesting around. And we have the horse that's five minutes walk away. And we've been walking over to visit him. We take our dogs for a walk. Our neighborhood has a neighborhood walking, dog walking time at 8 a.m. most mornings where a bunch of our neighbors get together and go walk their dogs together. So it can be really social. Uh, The other advantage to this is that there are so many trails in the area. So we have a place nearby. It's called Stitchfield Woods. And we go out there to walk in the woods. Uh, We've been exploring all the different walking trails and biking trails uh, that are in the kind of immediate area. Now, we usually have to hop in a car and go for a 10 minute drive to get to the beginnings of those. Um, But they are a spectacular way of, of getting out into nature and getting kind of the quiet of being out into nature and running across people occasionally. Uh, but not so so very much. Um, and then sometimes we go for walks around town. Uh, Dexter is a little rural town, and we enjoy walking around there. Uh, my office is in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I love to go out for walks. I take my dog into the office, and I take her for walks. She's a great excuse for going for walks. If you can possibly take your dog in, um, they insist on going out. And it's a great way of getting out and about uh, and I often find that going for walks, um, I can multitask a little bit uh, by listening to either a podcast or an audible book. Uh, sometimes I get on conference calls. I routinely have um, meetings while walking my horse. I know that's going to sound a little bit strange, but um, sometimes you know work kind of overflows and I end up riding or walking my horse at the same time as having meetings with some of my colleagues. <laughs> So not maybe ideal, but um, a way of getting exercise at the same time as as getting some work done or learning done, because learning is a big part of my day in and day out, and I can exercise and learn at the same time. Yeah, that's a wonderful point. And it's it's so wonderful to hear that you you incorporate that that sort of auditory learning while you're you're incorporating physical movement. Uh, and if you're stymied with a, a, an issue or a problem, get, getting out and going for a walk, especially a walk or some other form of exercise or activity movement in nature is, is so beneficial and helpful. Have you seen that in yourself? You know, the biggest thing that I've noticed is that I remember where I was when I solved the problem. It's one of the ways I access that. And so sometimes when I'm out and in different places, it actually helps me remember things better because I will remember that I was looking at a particular tree or, you know, seeing a particular thing when um, when I learned something. It's interesting to me that that's one of the ways um, my brain recalls different pieces of information, which is it's funny because I'll look back and I'll think, what the heck was that problem? Um, or I'll try and remember something that uh, one of my more technical colleagues was telling me. And I will remember where I was standing or where I was walking when I when they was that was described. And I think that's part of what you're talking about is that sometimes movement or what we see visually is connecting to our brains and helping us remember things. 
absolutely believe that I learn much better when I am active and healthy. And what oh, I have a wonderful kind of horrible story, actually, it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful example, but it's kind of a horrible story. I had a, an event that I participated in. This was a couple of years ago where I went into the backwoods of New York for a 14 day entrepreneurship event where they brought all of us together and we were doing this really intensive time. Um, And I was very used to walking at the time. And I went to this place where I was going to, and I ended up for three days being in so many meetings and sitting for three days. And by the third day, I was in so much pain, I could barely move. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I was on the phone with my husband at first thing in the morning, because this intensive thing was going from like seven in the morning until 11 at night, there was it was so overscheduled. And I said, what is going on? I'm in so much pain. He's like, so how much are you moving? And I said, "Uh, not really much at all. And he said, well, that's really different for you. Uh, maybe you should think about that. And how much are you standing? Because I was using a standing desk at the time, uh, routinely. And I'm like, I'm not standing, I'm sitting, and I'm not moving. And he said, well, think about that. And I said, okay. And so I went to the organizers. And I said, I need a standing desk. I can't sit for all these conference meetings. And so we set up a little standing desk in the in the back of the room or in the side of the room, actually. And then I got super intentional about every time we had a break, I went for a walk. And the pain instantly went away um, because my body was so used to that. So one, two things that I um, recalling one was if you're used to moving and you stop moving, it hurts. And number two, it sometimes takes a little bit of time to actually get used to moving. So if you're not used to moving, give yourself a break, take it easy and work your way into it because it did take time when I started using a standing desk, when I started using a walking desk um, to actually get my body used to that. Your body does need time to kind of get used to it. And then if you let go of it, don't be surprised if your body rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are all good points. <laughs> and you want to elaborate a little bit more on the walking desk? <laughs> sure. A walking desk is actually putting a treadmill um, underneath a standing desk. And so I had an office where I could put a treadmill in place. At the moment, the treadmill's in my in my garage um, because it doesn't. We can't get it where I am currently working, but I would have a treadmill and I could walk and type on my computer. And what I found was if I was doing emails or talking on the phone, that worked really well. What I found also was that if I had to do like super creative, very intense work, I couldn't walk and do that at the same time. So there were certain types of work I could do in that um, way and others that I couldn't. Today, what I'm doing is I have a, 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 an extra bedroom that I'm using as my COVID office. And it's got enough space in it that I can do a, like a 10 foot circle. And so when I'm on the phone with my headset, I will um, walk in circles uh, while I'm talking. And it's not quite the same as a treadmill desk, but it's got some similarities. <laughs> and so I take every opportunity. And then I have two different kinds of chairs. I have a regular kind of a desk chair and I have a, um, a chair that's like a ball uh, that's unstable. And I move back and forth between those during the day as well, just to change it up, just to make the stresses on my body be different. Because I'll tell you, if I stay in one place, my body doesn't like it and it hurts. 
and so I am pretty intentional about making sure that I am trying to get up. I use my Fitbit watch to remind me at, you know, whatever time 50, uh, hey, you haven't taken your 200 steps for this hour to try and remind me to get up, move around and incorporate just that little bit of movement. Or I'll go and literally run down the stairs, run back up the stairs just to try and get my body to have that little bit of movement. And it really does help my focus and concentration if I do that. Yeah. So the human body is really designed to be active. And so what you're, what you're describing is the fact that when we are inactive and we're forced into a situation where we're being inactive and in your case, you were even immobilized for a period of time and, and your body started to reject that right away. But it also kind of reminds me a little bit of this, this concept that what you're doing is, is very intentional. What you're doing is very proactive. It reminds me of Stephen Covey's Habit 7 in the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People of Sharpening the Saw. This is uh, uh, something that you're doing because it is so powerful and you get such return benefit from this. But let's face it, I mean, just like in that situation where you were, you know, it was intense and, you know, what do you say to those, those, those professionals and those, whether it's a startup CEO situation or any other professional say, oh, John and Jen, you don't understand. I can't take the time to do this. What's the argument for being proactive and investing the time to do this? Well, it's essential to keeping up with whatever it is that's so overwhelming, honestly. If you don't do it, that's when your body breaks down. And then the consequences are much more devastating. So I think it's like uh, preventative uh, to, to having huge problems. I'll tell you, I, have, I think you have to also be intentional about creating an environment or a workplace culture that embraces it. And you want to find like-minded people and, you know, build on that. And it kind of uh, encourages other people to come in. And I find that generally speaking, if I ask somebody, hey, can we walk while we talk about this? Most people are pretty excited about that. And it is a it's an opportunity because they like being able to move. They just don't know that it's okay. So I feel like if, if you ask the question, people will start to embrace that and then they can start, then they feel comfortable to ask you that question at another time. So I really feel like it's a culture that everybody can contribute to and ask the question, hey, can we walk? Do you mind if I stand? I'll tell you what, it, I have a wonderful investor in my um, company right now. He's a venture capitalist and he likes to stand up and move around. He's a, he's a former doctor. And so he understands the value of movement and he will get up in the middle of a board meeting and walk around. And it's been great because one of my colleagues who is also on the board has always been like, it's so wonderful that he will stand up because I get stiff and, and my colleague Mark gets stiff and we both like to stand up and move around. And the fact that our investor started the process makes it OK for the rest of us. So I think there is an opportunity for people to take a leadership role in making it OK. 
and ask if it's okay. And I've not really run across anybody who isn't open to it if you ask. I think it's just the silence is what is kill as a killer. Um, when I was in that very intense offsite adventure, you know, the minute I brought it up, the folks were very willing to be part of it. And once I started doing it, there were a couple of other people who did it. So not everybody, but a few, and we could start expanding that. So I really think it's a, you know, realize that it makes a difference and you've got to squeeze it in. I mean, I don't have any extra hours in the day. Trust me. I wish I had a time machine that could extend the hours in the day, but I haven't discovered that just yet. Uh, so I've got to find ways to fit it in around everything else. Um, so I try to do high intensity hits type workout in the morning because you can do that high intensity and quickly. And then I try to incorporate it a little bit all day. And then I use my Fitbit to keep hold me accountable for how many steps I'm getting in so that I can, I have a target. I'm, I'm somebody that responds really well to being measured. <laughs> so when I have a goal, then I try and be intentional about hitting it. And it helps me to have um, Fitbit measure me and keep track of that. Uh, I get very distressed when I forget to leave, leave my Fitbit off and realize I haven't gotten credit for my steps, which is kind of hilarious because the reality is my body is giving me credit for those steps, whether my Fitbit knew it or not. But I like to accomplish goals by measuring my progress towards them. And so having a step counter helps me keep track of how well I'm doing at keeping active in, a, in, in any given day. After this very brief intermission, Jen addresses the positive impact that movement has on her and her family, both mentally and emotionally. The significance of being in a walkable, bikeable downtown on attracting and retaining talent in a high potential startup, and how much more we notice when we get out of our cars and move about at closer to human speeds. But first, a few reminders and a big sincere thank you to all of you who have donated to the Active Towns Initiative. As a small nonprofit 501c3, I simply can't produce this content without your support. If you are in a position to do so, please consider making a contribution or becoming a patron through our Patreon account. I've included all the appropriate links in the show notes. Again, thank you so very much. And if you're enjoying the Active Towns podcast and this episode in particular, please do share it with a friend, colleague, or family member. Okay, that's all for this break. Let's get back to our conversation with Jen Baird. You said two things there that I'd love to amplify. And one was the, the comment about the leadership and being able to really project out that this is something that is okay and something appropriate in your corporate culture is, is movement. The second thing that you mentioned was uh, about environment and creating an environment uh, as well as taking advantage of a conducive environment in your current situation where you're, you're sort of self-isolating in the COVID-19, you're, you're making do and leveraging your, your current environment that you have, which includes, you know, a bedroom where you do laps, as well as the fact that you, you know, you're at your, your 
household where you do have right outside your front door, you have access to, you know, some quiet country roads where you can, you know, get in a brisk walk. Talk a little bit about in Ann Arbor, that environment and being able to get outside of the office, go for a walk with either a colleague or on a phone call and, and how impactful that is to be able to have an environment where it feels conducive to be able to get out and go for a stroll. You know, Ann Arbor is a wonderful example of a very active town. I mean, Ann Arbor is the home of the University of Michigan. There is a very active community. Uh, It has an active and vibrant downtown. It has the university campus there's lots of places that are fun to walk. And I th- I love having a really active community. There's a lot of bikers, um, a lot of people that are out walking, and it is beautiful to to see. And, and, you know, the other thing that's happened in kind of the Ann Arbor area is there's been a really a lot of work done on how to create walking paths. It, John, I, even since you've been here, it has multiplied. They have done so many additional paths and they're trying to connect these paths all over the place. And that makes it even easier. So when they create that kind of environment where there's places to go and be active and be out in nature or to be in a vibrant downtown or that just encourages um, people, we have bike lanes um, on the uh, many of the streets. We have um, actual walking paths. There's been an effort to create parks and connect the paths, all of those things make it more fun and easier to actually choose walking over driving. One of the things that we decided as a company when we moved uh, a few months ago was we were going to actually put our parking a little bit further away from our office. And part of that was literally to just introduce that little extra bit. It's kind of like parking far away from the mall. (laughs) You have to walk those extra steps. You don't have to get the closest possible parking spot. You can actually walk a little bit. And all of those things I feel like are ways to create an environment that's inviting. Uh, Ann Arbor is a pretty safe community. I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable going down there at night and, and that helps as well, I think, to have a, a safe community, a community that encourages people to move around, um, to go from, from place to place. Uh, one of our investors is, was, it, it doesn't feel like that right now because, of, because we're self-isolating at home. But when we're in the office, you know, we're only a matter of, of blocks away. And so we don't, you know, we don't move our cars. We just walk from here to there or we go for walks at lunch. Those kinds of things are cultures that we can create in our communities and we can create places where people feel really comfortable going. And I think that helps everybody move more. Uh, And that's what is going to help our health. Uh, I just, I can't emphasize enough how important being healthy is right now. And it seems exceptionally important when we think about how do we keep our immune systems healthy when we're facing a pandemic. Everything we can do to be healthy, it's, I mentioned at the beginning that for me, managing weight is, you know, has always been an, an ongoing thing. And I always, I use exercise as part of that, but exercise is also more, at least as much about 
keeping your heart healthy, keeping your lungs healthy. Um, there have been times when either my husband or I have been injured and you couldn't move. And then you discover how quickly you lose your fitness. It's just amazing how fast um, in a matter of weeks you can go um, lose your fitness. And I can remember a few years ago, my husband and I were going for a walk and he would had an, a leg injury for a while. And we were just walking down um, our cul-de-sac out to the kind of nearby street and all these dirt roads. And I'm marching along because I'm used to walking and I'm used to riding my horse and I'm feeling pretty fit. And he is struggling to just walk that little distance. And it was a real shocker to both of us how much fitness he'd lost from that injury. And he's worked his way back and now you know, is pushing me. We went for a walk earlier today for an hour and with the dog and he is um you know definitely come full fully back from that but it's remarkable how easy it is to lose and how much easier it is to maintain rather than than get to the point where you're not moving and it's so important to your health because it just your body needs that movement yeah and you you addressed really well there the the physical benefits talk a little bit to the uh, emotional and mental benefits? Well, that's an interesting point. My family, um, my daughters and husband uh, all suffer from anxiety and depression. One of the best ways to, uh, natural ways to deal with anxiety and depression is actually physical movement. And so one of the techniques I've learned over the years when my family is struggling, family members are struggling, is the best thing I can do and most loving thing I can do is say, let's go for a walk together because they don't feel like a walk when depression is sitting on their shoulders. But if I can, if they will go with me, and it's usually a go with me kind of thing is the best way to do that. That is a mood lifter. I certainly find it to be a mood lifter, but for somebody who's struggling with anxiety or depression, it's a really big deal. And if you want to be helping people around you that are struggling with something like that, best thing you can do is say, let's go for a walk. Let's try and get some exercise in there. The other thing we talked about earlier is um, when I get stuck on a problem, uh, oftentimes if I go for a walk, it just loosens up my creativity and focus and ability to figure out an answer to that problem. So I think it's got those physical benefits. It's got the mood and uh, emotional benefits, and it's got the mental focus and clarity benefits. Other thing that I found is sometimes when I have just a frustrating call or something makes me really angry, um, going and taking a walk is a really good response to that because it just seems to drain off that extra emotional energy and get me back to a place where I can be um, engaging in more constructive ways. Yeah, it, I'm glad you mentioned that because you had alluded to it in passing earlier about the stress management so, uh, side of physical activity and, and movement. And, and so you, you, I'm glad you circled back around and brought that in because it's so important and imperative. Uh, it gives us another tool in our toolbox from a coping mechanism. The other thing I want to talk about that that you mentioned also in passing there was the selection of your your office space and where you're you're at uh, choosing intentionally choosing a downtown location which facilitated a lot of that 
uh, ability to be in that vibrant downtown area, which then facilitates a lot of that walking. Sell me or sell the listeners. Why is that an important thing to do when you're a struggling startup company? Why would you pay top dollar or what, what, what's the, I mean, seriously, it's, you can find cheaper places way out in the hinterlands and yeah, you'd have to drive everywhere to do anything, but sell us on the downtown location. Why do that? It's, it's absolutely a uh, recruiting and retention tool. My team loves being downtown. They love the activity of it, the energy of it, the opportunity to connect with things that are going on. And Ann Arbor is a fantastic community for those kinds of things. We have um, one of the local banks puts on something usually in the summer called Sonic Lunch, where they have concerts uh, on Thursdays in they close off a street or they have it in one of the downtown parks. My team loves to go to Sonic Lunch because I've got a bunch of musicians that are excited about music and this or the ability to access a bunch of different food options to have lunch. You know, it's much easier when you can walk to it. And we ended up, like I said, moving from one downtown location to another. And in the past, I have done some of those locations that are more removed and more remote where parking is more convenient. What I like about actually being downtown is that it encourages people to, they have to come in uh, mostly and park. Although one of my colleagues actually rides his bike to work. And one of the things that we used as a factor in deciding where our location was, we had a couple of choices, and one of them was conducive to, to him continuing to ride his bike, and some were not. I'm, I'm too far out. It doesn't matter because I'm in the, out in this rural place. I can't do that, but he can. So it was a factor that went into us choosing a place so that he could continue the, with that kind of activity. Um, I have another couple of colleagues that could go for walks at lunchtime. And those kinds of things build camaraderie and community within the company in a way that is just different than if everybody is driving all the time. So that makes it worth it because it, it makes this a company that they want to be part of. And they're the, the value builders in the company. And so you want to create an environment that they like being part of. So being downtown was important. Uh, we talked about it as a group when we were started to think about where would we go as a new space. And there was quite a bit of value placed on being in that kind of environment where there's a that vibrancy that exists. And you want to be thinking about what does it do that create somebody's mood? How much more productive is somebody when they're focused and excited than if they're uh, weighed down? How much better is their ability to concentrate? It's not just my ability to concentrate that gets affected by my, me moving. It's trying to get everybody in the company moving um, helps. And that helps the creativity of the whole team. Yeah, yeah, excellent point. So you mentioned bikes. We, uh, we got you on bikes uh, this past, uh, past year. Have you and Brian been able to get out a little bit on the bikes? A little bit, although it's been so cold in Michigan that we're waiting for the weather to get just a little bit better because bikes involve wind and um, and we're it was snowing yesterday, for heaven's sakes. It's it's Mother's Day today 
yesterday it was snowing and I'm like, okay, I'm done with this winter thing. I love the four seasons of Michigan. I really do. But I'm now ready for the next season <laughs> to happen. So I am looking, we've been out a couple of times this spring, but it's only been on the days when the weather has uh, really kind of punched up and um, we're not quite there yet, but we are definitely enjoying having bikes that have shock absorbers on them um, and little mirrors to make them a little bit safer and those kinds of things. And we are excited about doing more biking and we've got bike racks now for our cars so that we can actually take them to some of the biking trails in the area and go beyond just our dirt roads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just thought it was so wonderful to see the smiles on your faces, uh, you know, last March when we were there and, and we, you know, you got yourselves, uh, did your test ride on the bikes and it was just the wonderful thing about riding a bike is just it it brings that sense of joy. You know, your face lights up and you're just like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, it it, fun. you know, hey, we're 50 something. It's OK for us to have fun <laughs> and joy. Exactly. It's a, it, 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 I remember learning to ride a bike. That's one of, one of those childhood memories of how exciting it was the first time you actually could maintain your balance and go forward and go so fast. You know, biking is fast in a different way than riding in a car. I mean, riding a car, clearly you can go faster, but it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, yeah. It's there's that little bit of exhilaration. I like to call it pedestrian plus, you know, it's you're able to actually and you can probably notice a little bit of this on horseback, too, because I grew up on horseback as well on a ranch in Northern California is that you're able to appreciate nature and everything around you at a faster speed than walking, but still slow enough that you're able to really bring in and, and, and feel your environment. Absolutely. There's no question. And there's, and you know, horseback riding, there's nothing quite like the partnership that you feel with your horse and they are excited and interested in the world around them. And it's, it's not like a bike in the sense that your horse is engaged in the world around you as well. Um, my horse is particularly interested in the llama farm that's a few blocks away. About a mile from my house, there's a llama farm. And llamas are very funny looking horses, according to my horse. Uh, and they think he is as funny looking as he thinks they are. And so everybody has to come together to look at each other when we go anywhere near the llama farm. So it's you know, those kinds of opportunities to engage in the world. Or today when I was with him, he was noticing some things around that I wasn't noticing until he kind of pointed them out in a horsey sort of way, which is to, you know, prick your ears and look sharply at something that's going on and say, hey, look at that thing over there. So it is really fun to be out in nature. The other thing that's been happening uh, lately, like I said, we've had amazing bird life going on. And then we have a little tiny French bulldog who has decided that defending our uh, the perimeter of our property is her job from deer. And we have a herd of about almost a dozen deer that are in the neighborhood. And um, she has been squaring off this little tiny 22 pound dog has been squaring off with a buck that doesn't thankfully, thankfully have antlers. Um, and the two of them are in conflict over where the the deer are allowed to be. Um, it's a very interesting process. We've had to back up the little dog 
on occasion because that deer looks like he is going to take her out. So those kinds of encounters don't happen when you're in a car. They just don't. And being out in the world is is an opportunity to just see things happen that are really fun uh, and exciting. And that is such a treat. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Jen, are there any final thoughts that come to mind that you want to make sure that you, you cover on this topic? You know, I really just think it comes back to this kind of thing foundationally our health is important to everything else we do in life and a movement is a massive component to that you have to worry about sleep you have to worry about nutrition and you have to worry about movement and if you can keep all of those things going on then you have the opportunity to do the other things that you want to do in life like contribute to your family contribute to your work um, be generous to the world And all of those things rely on you being physically capable. And and there's just no um, shortcut for that. It takes takes time and you want to just try and figure out how to keep it all in balance. And it's essential. I mean, like you and I said, we've been, we're 50 years in and this is high, high, high on the priority list to make sure that we can keep going um, and doing exciting, uh, wonderful things. And like I said, be generous to other people from a place of, of um, strength. And that requires movement, nutrition, and sleep. Well said. I can't think of a better place to end this. That's awesome. So this is Jennifer Baird. I've been speaking with uh, her new uh, blog is startupceoreflections.com. So be sure to head on over there. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, Jen, thank you so very much. This has been an absolute joy. It absolutely has. Thanks, Sean. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. I hope you found this episode featuring Jennifer Baird to be helpful and fascinating. Please be sure to check out her blog at StartupCEOReflections.com. Again, that's StartupCEOReflections.com. As many of you may know, this week is CNU 28, a virtual gathering. Don't forget to hit me up if you'd like to join me on the podcast for some brief reflections about our online Congress. I've opened up some free forum studio time later in the week. Also, there's still time to sign up. Just go to cnu.org for more information. And as a quick reminder, please join Victor Dover, Mike Lydon, Grayson Johnson, and me as we host our annual Running with the Urbanist Fun Runs on Thursday and Friday mornings. If you're out on Facebook, look up the Active Towns event pages we created for more information to follow along and share photos and videos. As always, please don't hesitate to reach out with any questions or suggestions. It's always wonderful to hear from you. My email is john, J-O-H-N, at activetowns, that's plural, dot O-R-G. Please take care of yourselves and one another. Until next time, this is John signing off by wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers. Cheers.